0: President Biden's actions inspired jihadists all over the world, according to ex-Obama CIA head. Congress is apparently exempt from the vaccine mandate. And actress and leading voice in the Me Too movement, Rose McGowan, endorses Larry Elder for governor. We've got all that and much more coming up. And it all starts right now. Happy Monday, everyone. I am Jill Savage filling in for Sarah Gonzalez and hanging with me for the next hour. We have Yako Uyuns, the president and founder of Share Together and host of The Yako Show. Thanks for being Thanks, here.
1: Jill. It's good to have you here.
0: Excellent. I'm, I'm very excited for this. And Justin Haskins as well, editorial director of the Heartland Institute and editor-in-chief of StoppingSocialism.com. Welcome.
2: Thanks, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Now,
0: we we look at today, and there's a lot of Joe Biden. There's still a lot to look back over from 9-11 over the weekend, the 20th anniversary. And uh, Joe Biden was mocked, and it was the resurgence of al-Qaeda. They were all talking about this over the weekend. He was speaking with reporters uh, for the Flight 93 Memorial in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Joe Biden talking about al-Qaeda.
3: If you had told anybody that we were going to spend... 300 million bucks a day for 20 years to try to unite the country after we got Bin Laden, after Al Qaeda was wiped out there. Can Al Al Qaeda come back? Yeah, but guess what? It's already back other places. What's the strategy? Every place where Al Qaeda is, we're going to invade and have troops stay there? Come on. Anyway, so I I just think that and again, what people are, as I read it, I'm told, people, 70% of American people think it was time to get out of Afghanistan and spending all that money. But the flip of it is, they didn't like the way we got out. But it's hard to explain to anybody, how else could you get out? For example, if we were in Tajikistan and we pulled up a C-130 and said, we're gonna let uh, you know anybody who uh, was involved with being sympathetic to us to get in the plane, you'd have people hanging the wheel well.
0: It's so interesting just to listen to that and, you know, hearing him talk about like the poll numbers of, of what he's been doing in the middle of all of the, the Afghan withdrawals. And it's it's just so frustrating, I guess, when you hear the leader of the free world going and talking like this. What what reaction do you have, Jakob, well, when you hear that?
1: Look, optics matter it absolutely does and we we are very very weak at the moment we look very weak to the international community we look weak to anybody that for the last 20 years has been planning an attack on america and do not think that they're not they are central africa all the radical factions all the jihadists what you're talking about here is a caliphate you're talking about them setting up a new caliphate in afghanistan what does it matter he says they're in other places around the world there's no other place in around the world the world that will harbor Al Qaeda like Afghanistan will harbor Al Qaeda where they can now really form strategy in the Middle East, which is a very strategic region. We're talking about oil. Don't for a second take your eye off oil. There's a reason we shut down the Keystone Pipeline in this country, but then go befriend, you know, the Taliban and give them a seat at the table, treat them like someone we can negotiate with, get our intel from the Taliban. And now again, we know harboring Al Qaeda. This is a it's it's a it's a international disaster. It's a black eye on America. And we look so weak that anybody who dared maybe to hope and dream to attack our country are now emboldened to say, look, hit them when they're weak, they're on their knees. This is a time to throw punches. And this is all in the hands of this president, puppet Biden. okay, and those who pull his strings.
0: Justin, we heard Biden go in there and said, can al-Qaeda come back? Yeah, but guess what? They're already back in some places. What's the strategy? And to me, it's like, yeah, you're the president, though. You're the one that should have the strategy. You know, and then he always ends with, come on, man. Like, you know, like he always throws that in there at the end when he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, it's common
2: sense. It's common sense. The thing that kills me about this is that he always starts with the opinion polls and talks about everybody, just everybody wanted to get out. Well, okay but what does that have to do with the way you got out? And then he kind of mumbles his way into that and then basically says, there really was no other way we could have done it. It was gonna be terrible no matter what, when every national security expert in the universe who has any brains at all tells us, no, it probably could have been done a little bit better than the way that this was handled. The fact of the matter is they got lazy, They didn't think it was going to be as disastrous as it was. It turned out to be a total train wreck. They thought they knew Afghanistan was going to collapse. They knew that, but they didn't think it was going to happen, you know, a week after they started doing these things. They thought they had some time to get people out first. That didn't work itself out. And so they panicked and started trying to shift the blame away from themselves. As you said, they look incredibly weak. They look incredibly weak. And why does it matter in Afghanistan? Well, not only does it matter because of oil and strategic significance geopolitically and other things, but China, is waiting in the wings to jump and they've already got to deal with the Taliban they've been the Chinese officials have been meeting with Taliban leaders going back for months prior to this point in time and now China is going to you wait and see move into Afghanistan yeah. they're going to start mining those rare earth rare minerals earth. Yeah. and you're never going to be able to go back to Afghanistan once China's there because what are you going to invade Afghanistan again when China is is sitting there with with mines and all of these other operations there's going to be very difficult to do so this matters this this matters This has huge implications it's going to have huge implications for decades into the future and joe biden what's his answer oh come on man it doesn't really matter all that much let's just get over it and move on to something else Let's stop yeah, talking about
1: actually i'll say this we say he's lying to the american public he's not he's being honest he's being honest it doesn't matter to him yeah it doesn't matter to him that we will be at a further beck and call to china for rare earths China has literally economically raped the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. They've gone on in, in you know, forced presidents, bought presidents, bribed presidents for rare earths. So it doesn't matter to him because I'm telling you today, this administration does not care a lick about the American public. They do not. They care about an M.O., an agenda that is a long-term play. They play the long game much better than we do on the conservative movement. It's time to start thinking long-term and play a game with strategy and take back a country because they're checking boxes at this point. And he can laugh it off. He laughs it off because there's zero accountability on the president of the United States. We should look at this and understand what he's showing us. He's saying, look, I basically walk around free. I can be so late. I can be four weeks late talking about people hanging onto a wheel well. This happened four weeks ago. You're talking about this would happen if you go in Tajikistan. They hung from the wheel well four weeks ago yep. in Afghanistan. This is how out of touch this guy is as a president. But he doesn't have to be in touch because there's no accountability because he's actually not leading. It's the Soross and the Gates of the world behind him that are pulling the strings. That are buddies with Big Pharma and Big Pharma is going to get paid. And so the American people, the, the, the blue collar American worker today has to say, done, we're done. You know, the the silent majority needs to stop being silent and weak and speak up.
0: And as we're on right now, uh, there is an ongoing testifying uh, to Congress. uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is talking uh, right now. So let's go ahead and take a listen to what they have going on.
2: We expect the Taliban to ensure freedom of travel, to make good on its commitments on counterterrorism, to uphold the basic rights of the Afghan people, including women, girls and minorities.
0: Good. This is all part of the Taliban rebranding. We're we're (laughs) going to make sure that the women have all of their rights. You know why? Because we keep saying so in strongly worded letters and press conferences that the Taliban are not going to listen
1: to. He's basically saying, uh, we believe that the Taliban is going to walk away from radicalizing the Quran. They're going to walk away from their faith. Because you have to understand, that faction, there's many factions within within Islam, okay? That faction, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, radicalize their own faith so these guys are not guys are just picking something up because they feel like it this is a faith issue to them they actually believe they don't get their inheritance in their heaven if they don't behave this way if they don't behead if they don't indoctrinate women so this is not something you bargain or negotiate with them this is a D they've got more conviction than our State Department has conviction for America okay this is life or death for them Right. So you don't negotiate with these people.
0: Yeah, it's not even close with their, their conviction versus, you know, the, the American voter who doesn't know half of this stuff is going on right now. What do you what do you think, Justin, when it, you hear
2: that? I mean, it's pretty amazing. You have the president of the United States and you have his administration. Their foreign policy pretty much at this point is amounting to trust the Taliban. That's the plan. Yeah. What it's could not, go wrong? That's what, what could possibly go wrong? Just trust the Taliban. Not only, I mean, you mentioned their religious beliefs, the sort of extremist view of Islam that they have, they don't owe us, in their minds, anything. They don't no. have to be honest to us. They don't have to treat us well. They can make all the deals with us they want and break those deals because they believe that we are fundamentally opposed to their religious ideology. And so they're going to do whatever they possibly can. Not only that, but we've been, in their minds, invading their, their land for, for 20 years and going back much longer than that. They hate the West they hate our way of thinking, they totally are in complete opposition to us, and so they have absolutely no problem at all cutting all kinds of deals just to get us away from them for long enough that they can establish a foothold there and make it very difficult for us to get back in and actually do something about them violating people's human rights and we already know we have reports of them violating people's human rights already yeah. so they can get up, they can make all the statements they want it doesn't matter actions speak much louder than words we know who the Taliban is we shouldn't even be having this conversation of course the Taliban is going to violate people's human rights
0: of, of course they are and we we look then over the weekend and ex-obama CIA official was saying that Biden's actions will inspire jihadists all over the world and and you look at this and you say okay like if if this is what's going to come from from all that we have just done like this is one of the reasons why they didn't pull out in the 20 years after 9-11 but when you look at this and you you understand the convictions that they have Mm -hmm. what what kind of world is this going to lead to
1: you know there's a scene in batman where The police chief gets on the roof and the light's not on. And he goes, the city is in danger tonight because the light's not on. The world is in danger today because America's looking weak. It emboldens these factions. Even if it's two guys in a basement apartment in the middle of Ireland, it doesn't matter where. He's accurate. It does embolden them. And it does drive them to say now's the time let's organize it's momentum in sport come on you know sport i played pro sport momentum is everything in sport the second tom brady gets the ball and it's 40 seconds left on the clock the cowboys will lose don't give him the ball right now we've handed the ball to the taliban and their best friend is al-qaeda yeah right and so that's just how it's gonna be so pony up for for a battle a yeah. serious battle not just in the u.s all, all or our allies around the world should be livid right yeah. now and to your point earlier these people do not give a rip about women so for all the liberals in our country that wants women's rights we do of course but all you screamers where are you now right no silence now because it's not political yeah. you know they can't spin it politically so i mean this is a disaster that i don't know we can measure right now we won't know Maybe five years from now, what the implications
2: are. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the other thing is that you have, uh, you mentioned that this is emboldening terrorists. I mean, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. But it's also emboldening all of our adversaries who are the, China, for example, and Russia and others. I mean, do we have to remember what happened with Crimea? Essentially, Crimea was taken over by the Russians. And now you have the Chinese immediately after this happening, uh, going to Taiwan and sending them messages saying, you know, the United States is going to be there for you. So right. you might as well just give up right. right now because they're not going to support you. And if you were Taiwan, I mean, why would you think the United States is going to do something drastic to stop China when they're not willing to do it with the Taliban, when they're cutting deals with the Taliban, when they're actually out there rebranding the Taliban? They're not going to do anything to stop China. Taiwan knows that now. China knows it. Russia knows what about it. Israel? Israel knows it. The war- our allies have no reason to trust this administration and that is terrifying not just shouldn't just terrify us here in america it should terrify freedom-loving people literally all over the world because as you said the bat signal isn't on anymore and they know it
0: but justin i don't i don't think that you realize that we elected joe biden so everything in the world was supposed to have we were having peace and unity everywhere you looked so you know we we just all have to get on board with the with the biden administration (laughs) making everything better Uh, when we come back COVID rules still apply for you but not for the rest of Congress. We'll talk about that right after this. (music) President Biden's executive order mandating the COVID-19 vaccine for all federal workers does not apply to members of Congress because in its executive order, it didn't go through Congress. They don't have to play by the rules we still do if you have businesses with over 100 employees but guess what congress they get to sit this one out just like they do on all the other rules that they don't like so this this rule applies only to the executive branch uh but you know this this is also going to apply to over 80 million private sector workers and companies that don't comply face fines up to fourteen thousand dollars this, I mean, it's it's all fine though. If Congress doesn't want to participate in it, who's who's to blame them? Yeah, this though.
1: is by definition Marxism. Yeah, this is by definition. You couldn't write this better out of you know Oxford Dictionary. This is Marxism. This is we're going to tell you what to do. This is the father with the cigarette in his mouth saying, "Don't smoke, son." right i i got different rules this is why they have a different health care plan yeah under obama this is why they have a slush fund as hush money for sexual offense Mm -hmm. where they actually have a fund to defend them these sex offender pedophiles in congress and yes i'm calling the congress pedophiles and listen this cancer in the gop okay let's not play games here we need to clean house trump said clean the swamp good night i mean you need to clean that place, but this is how they're going to play. Welcome, America. If you give them the pinky, they're going to take the arm. They make a set of rules for themselves that makes their lives easy. We can throw parties at Martha's Vineyard with no mask. You've got to wear a mask. You've got to get vaccinated. I hope the straw that breaks the camel's back is this 100-employee thing, where even liberal business is saying, this is going to kill us. You know, this, we, we can't. We already have a friend of mine who's got a burger joint. He goes, Yaku, my employees want $25 an hour at a burger joint. I can't find employees. Because governments place this unrealistic you know, notion in them that money is free and it just comes in the mailbox and you don't have to do anything for it, right? And so, but they set themselves apart. Different rules for them, different rules for us. This is back to the Stonehenge where the royalty lives inside the gates and the peasants are outside and you work in 10% of the spoils you can keep and 90% goes to the royalty.
2: Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, look, I think we need to think about this a little bit differently. You see, these people are our shepherds and we're just a bunch of stupid sheep. And of course, they have to have different rules, because if they don't have different rules, then how can the elites possibly govern us properly? Believe it or not, this is the way that they think. Absolutely. <laughs> I are mean, I've, I've been to dinner parties with these people. I listen to the conversations that they have. They do speak like this. They actually talk about regular people as though they just really are too stupid to make their own decisions. We're much better off. In fact, you, you mentioned the Obama uh, big birthday bash where mm-hmm. they didn't have masks and they weren't socially distanced saying and all that stuff, when they were asked about it, they said, oh, you know. This is a sophisticated audience. Yeah, they're sophisticated They're sophisticated. See, we're not. So we have to have these rules because we're just a bunch of idiots. But they can do whatever they want. Obviously, there are totally separate standards when it comes to not just, you know, masks and vaccines and all these other things, not just your health care plan. You talked about the Obamacare thing. That was a big exception for them. But literally for everything, for breaking the law, for punishments that people face, for just breaking the law. Cuomo should be in jail. uh, There are many people who should should be be in jail. In jail. Ja- of, of the course. guy was directly
1: responsible for old age homes being ravaged by yep. COVID. But no, it's a slap on the wrist. We're going to take your Emmy. Oh, it's tough life. Right. Oh, you lost your Emmy, <laughs> but you shouldn't have gotten in the first place,
2: right. you idiot. Right. Right. I mean, it's so it's so incredibly frustrating to see this difference, and it, it and I hope, as as you said, I hope that people wake up and you, they see this gigantic dichotomy between the ruling class elites. And the rules that they live by and the rules for everybody else and at some point realize those people are the problem they're not really interested in making our lives better they don't care about us they care about improving their own lives increasing power becoming wealthier and and having this ridiculous savior complex that they're going to make everything better for the rest of us if people just woke up and realized that whether you're a liberal or a conservative or a libertarian or whatever the world would be a much better place you could have some liberal policies without a slow into authoritarianism yeah, absolutely. and and yeah. that's the thing i hope that even people some people on the left wake up and realize just how bad things have become
0: well as we continue down the road to serfdom if the vaccine mandates with your employer don't work well then fauci says that he's coming out and he would support a vaccine requirement for air travel it's on a podcast from called the skim that's set to be released on thursday he said i would support that if you get on a plane and travel with other people You should be vaccinated. And this all comes out uh, that if you should, it should be part of the Safe Travel Act is what they're calling it for everybody on Amtrak and commercial airlines to be vaccinated. So they are going to get you one way or the other. That's the plan. I mean, is there any escaping any of this?
1: Yes, there is always there is always The, the silent majority needs to not be silent. There are so many more of us than them. When the people's these are elected officials you want to know if they're nefarious you want to know if they're intentionally against the american people ask any politician this following question hey are you for term limit and they will squeal why <laughs> because it's a career baby it's about longevity you don't do anything for the people don't ruffle the feathers push paper around self-preservation we need term limits in this country radical term limits why should the president of the united states have term limits but you can be croaking as a senator being there forever as a congressman and not representing your constituents now we can turn this thing around right we can't within the law i'm not talking about you know fists in the street which would be fun for a minute okay but actually you're saying within the law we're going to say no the most powerful word in the english language is
2: no yeah and and i think that going back to that you have, we don't live in a, in a country where the laws are supposed to all be made by the national government. Right. Uh, you have local governments, you have state governments. They're supposed to protect your rights too. And so a lot of these people, especially in red states, and there are more red states than there are blue states, hold your gover- your local government right. and your state government accountable. Tell them it's your job to protect my rights against the federal government when they're overreaching. And they are obviously overreaching at this point. The vaccine mandate that that Joe Biden just issued with the 100 employee thing. That is obviously unconstitutional. There is nothing even remotely in the Constitution which would suggest that the president of the United States has the authority to impose its will on people. There are Supreme Court cases that talk about states having vaccine mandates. There is literally nothing that that suggests that the president has the ability to do that. And so people need to wake up and say to themselves, not only am I not going to comply, I'm going to demand that my local representatives and my state representatives don't comply. They're supposed to represent and protect me as well. We have state constitutions that guarantee individual rights, just as just just as much as the federal constitution. That's an important step for people to take.
1: You know, you th- they threatening your job with a mandate, right? So go threaten their job. Go threaten their job. Go to your local representative. Yeah. Show up in the tens of thousands and tell them you're going to lose your job, buddy. We're now threatening your job. It's time to punch back. This is how we swing this thing go on the offense and you'd say well does my voice matter my one phone call make the phone call call a hundred times a day if you have to and tell them on the call you lose my vote fix it or you lose my vote in the local community that's how you do this because those individuals politicians self-preserve if there's enough pressure coming from the other direction they go i'm going to lose my job if i don't do the right thing Mm -hmm. they'll start doing the right thing even if they don't want to do the right thing they'll start dancing like a puppet because they play
2: for themselves oh and i've I've spoken to to people who are former members of Congress who openly say, oh, yeah, if we start getting phone calls, we pay attention of course. because they're used to apathy. That's the norm. Yeah. So if they get a flood of because phone the majority calls, is silent, that's right. If they get a flood of phone calls, if they get people out in the streets protesting, if they get people sending emails by the dozens, they do pay attention. It doesn't take a huge no. wave of support to get these people thinking in a different way because they do ultimately only care about keeping their jobs. That's the good news. We could actually use that to our advantage. Yeah,
0: into the point of everybody going and calling, right, the the crypto part of the infrastructure bill was like three or four sentences and then they got bombarded and they were like, whoa, we we weren't expecting a huge backlash because this is a community that hadn't ever been active. So take that as the idea and run with it because they they had, you know, a lot of back and forth and it all of a sudden got up to be some huge issue. Because everybody that cared about that issue started calling in, tweeting at them, making this a very public thing. Uh, but when we come back, some some exciting news. Gavin Newsom's recall election. Uh, there's a Hollywood actress out there who's not going to vote for the Democrat. I think that's newsworthy in and of itself. We'll have more on that right after this. Gavin Newsom's recall election is tomorrow in the state of California. And actress Rose McGowan, the leader of the Me Too movement, she she's going out and she has actually endorsed Larry Elder for governor, calling him the better man, saying that Gavin Newsom's wife tried to silence her about Harvey Weinstein. This came out on Dave Rubin's show, actually, an interview with Dave. Um, She was just saying, you know, there was this woman about six months before uh, the publication was going to come out in The New York Times about Weinstein. Christine. And this woman just wanted to talk to me she said she she drove up there she looked at her and she said no this this gives me the creeps i can't do this i'm out of here but such a weird story to have all of this stuff kind of coming together for for the gavin newsom recall election and then to get rose mcgowan it, it feels like there's a turning point here right like we see larry elder getting the egg thrown at him from somebody wearing a gorilla face and the media ignores it we hear rose come out and there are some people now that are talking about it but but are we making any steps here, Jaco, Or, or yeah, so Are we getting a little further along? No,
1: and you know what we do. We fight child sex trafficking, right? So I'm after Gavin Newsom like white on rice. This guy can't stand me because, because he is agent of doom for all things women and all things children in, the, in, that, in that state. And knowing that his wife tried to buy off by the silence of Rose in the Me Too movement, this, this is where their true colors show. They will eat their own young. They don't care. If you're not in the movement, if you don't drink the Kool-Aid, if you don't sing from the hymn book, they will sacrifice you. They're the ones who called Larry Elder a white-black black supremacist, right? They will sacrifice anybody. But thankfully here, she's got some guts. Look, and I've never been with her, but this time around, she's stepping up. Now let's see, where, where are the Joy Behar's of the world? Where are the you know Rachel Maddow's of the world now coming up, and who are so behind her? Yeah, And saying, because what she's saying is true. He's just the better man for the job because she has inside information. She understands what the Newsom family has been propagating and what they are for in that state. And so, yeah, I'm with her on this. So welcome for a a true awakening, not a woke moment for her, but an awakening of, hey, maybe we need to elect the better
2: guy. Yeah. You know, what I really like about the story is that. This is a person who is a radical left-wing person okay and very vocal about it and for her to come out and to say you know what i don't agree with everything that larry elder believes but i'm going to vote for the person who i think is actually the better person who cares about what's really gone who, who isn't just uh, out there saying these things and playing politics and making all these rules and then not living by those rules but imposing them on everybody else and and that i hope is a is a bellwether for the rest of the liberal movement in california i hope there are more people in california who look at this and say you know what i may not be a conservative like larry elder i may not agree with everything he says but at least he's not a scumbag i may not agree with him but he's not a scumbag he's not a career politician he's somebody who says what he believes he means it He's not going to ram through all these libertarian, you know, policies in California anyway, right? I mean, th- we're going to have to find some common ground to get things done, sure. But let's elect somebody who isn't a tyrant and isn't a hip a hypocrite. I think if if, if there's an, if more people like that in California, then maybe that state isn't quite as lost as it sometimes appears to be. So I think that this is a fantastic story for that reason. If for no other reason.
1: I was in Cali for a week last week, and I'm telling you, I was in some little towns. I had some great pizza, and there's a lot of conservatives in California. There are. You get to Bakersfield, you get to some other. It's just the cities, okay? And Newsom has lost his hold. I said it on this show last week, I'm super optimistic about this race. Uh, there's no way Newsom takes it unless they steal it. Yes, I said it unless they find we're some kind of a way to coerce no when the radical left and we're going to talk about another story later starts turning on their own and saying wait a minute this is not right okay this is a moment this may just be the straw that breaks the camel's back in california and we need it as a country we need that state to get back to some sort of normalcy and reality
0: Yep. We we look at the, all of the partisan hacks. Amy Coney Barrett, Supreme Court Justice, came out and said that her goal is to try and convince everybody that the court is not compromised—a uh, comprised of a bunch of partisan hacks. She's out there saying that the media, along with hot takes on Twitter, reports and the results of the, of the decisions—they are not just. Results oriented. She actually says that they want to go through the the process, and the judicial philosophies are not the same as the political parties. Justin, what what, what do you hear uh, in your mind, like when you when you hear those words from Amy Amy Coney Barrett? You know,
2: I like Amy Coney Barrett, but I have as little respect for the Supreme Court as you will find. <laughs> I don't. I really don't believe that they actually follow stare decisis. I don't believe that they uh, are interested in in, um, making the hard decisions. I think that they are all for making the easy ones, but when it really comes down to taking the cases that actually matter the most, I think they are terrified to do it. And in my opinion, having spoken to many, many people who are in the legal profession over a very long period of time, they are often more interested in protecting the idea of, this, of the Supreme Court and of this objective justice system and all of this than actually following the law. And the Supreme Court, you see it all the time, refuses to take cases in large part because they are so politically toxic for them. And so Amy Coney Barrett, I've seen liberals talk this way as well on the, on, on the bench. They come out and they say, you know, we want to, we don't we don't want to sound like we're a bunch of political hacks. You know, we're not political hacks. We really take this stuff seriously. But then they make decisions that can only be described as political decisions. So I would much rather prefer that their actions speak louder than their words here. Uh, If you really aren't a bunch of political hacks, then prove it. Take the cases that actually matter. Take the cases that that are really tough to make hard decisions. on. Do those things. Until you do that, I don't want to hear from any of you. Honestly, I really don't.
1: Popularity and public opinion should not be part of any equation or any decision-making process. At the Supreme Court they should care less it should they shouldn't even think about it when they wake up in the morning it's not their job because the second they do you have Justice Roberts yep okay who flops like a fish who you can't you don't know is he a wolf is he a sheep sometimes you know who does he play for right and so Amy can shake this up and this is what I wanted her to do when she came in and say, come on hold them to a standard in the chamber but then there were moments when she could have and they bowed They closed the doors. They shouted at each other behind closed doors. Are we going to take these cases by these states, these states that say they can't verify a vote? And they just bowed. Right. So they've politicized themselves. And I agree with you. I actually think they pay a lot of attention to the public opinion of the Supreme Court. They shouldn't give a rip about the public opinion. Do what's right by the American people. Take the tough cases, let's see prosecution in this country again. Our Attorney General, would, Bill Barr wouldn't prosecute. One of Trump's number one concerns, I brought the guy in, he wouldn't prosecute. Sessions wouldn't prosecute, why? Because they look up to the Supreme Court and they don't prosecute, right? Yep. So they all playing a game. Now, walk a line for once you know, and for all. I mean, get back to some justice.
0: I would love to see them start taking on cases, whether they were political or not, right? Like the Indiana student, um, with the, the COVID vaccine mandates, you know, we, we finally saw something with, with them taking over Texas. So maybe there is hope with the, the Texas six week abortion bill. Uh, but like you guys are saying, I would love to see them just, you know, no politics involved. Just take the cases and don't be scared. Like they have lifelong terms for a reason to not back down to any of this, but, uh, you know hopefully hopefully they take all of our advice i i don't think that they will but i i don't have any hope
1: but it trickles down though if they don't take the cases now all of a sudden you got ambulance chasing lawyers that are running cases up you got district attorneys that won't take the c- tough cases it comes all the way down to the district court they set the trend i mean if if yeah. they don't uphold justice for the sake of justice it breaks the system.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the, the, the regional appellate court system, all of those people want to be Supreme Court justices. Absolutely. So when they look to the Supreme Court justices and they see them avoiding these politically difficult cases like the plague, then they, of course, are going to do the same thing unless it benefits them and because they're in a particular district where it would do that. And so it, it has far-reaching implications. I don't want to even hear Supreme Court justices talking about the politics of right. their decisions. I just want them to do, as you said, do the right thing, do what's legally binding, focus on the Constitution, and don't, don't even pay attention to what's going on outside of that.
0: You talk about following a trend when we come back, defunding the police. Guess what? When you don't pay them, they're not going to stick around. We'll talk about that after this. Come on. All heard the cries to defund the police, but what actually happens when you defund the police? We go to a story here in Portland that the 911 emergency system is officially broken, they say, because the calls that are coming in, people are waiting for over two minutes for assistance. The national average is supposed to be 15 seconds. Can you imagine calling 911 for an emergency? Something's happening, and you have to wait on the phone. For two minutes before your call is answered. And then they say, you know, the response times after that to actually dispatch, you know, it's just going to be a, a trickle down effect from there. But the 911 calls taking so long and then you see the increase in crime as well in cities like portland seattle minneapolis over seven-fold increase uh, for homicides in the city of portland alone from 2019 to 2020 uh, and they say we're now at a tipping point that has become unimaginable one official said the system is officially broken did we not all see this coming
1: well I mean, i'm sitting here thinking the, the absolute idiotic mind that thought that would, this wouldn't have any repercussions, right? But we're talking about Portland here. We're talking about a city that has broken to the level where it's starting to look, that picture, you're starting to look, it looks start to look like Fallujah. it looks like Central Africa, right? Well, how about Dallas, Texas? We lost our vice unit in Dallas, Texas. I was with Officer Palmer yesterday with you know Representative Crenshaw in Houston. They're telling me in Houston they're 5,000 officers short. One of the largest metro areas in the country. You imagine a city is 5,000 officers short, right? So it's not just Portland. This whole the police system has really crippled our, our, you know, our first responder and our police system nationwide. But now you look at Portland. I, why don't they list what the response time is? I want to hear what is the response time for a 911 call for someone? Let's say someone's having a heart attack. It's not even an attack. Two minutes. Two minutes to get your call answered? And then what's the response time? 15, 20, 25 minutes? Okay. No. This is where you need to hold politicians responsible. This is what I was talking about earlier. Today, with this news breaking, the phone line should be flooded. People should lose their jobs today. In in representation, you know, the local representatives should lose their jobs today. They're not for the people. I mean, these systems were set up for the people, right? So It's an atrocity. Uh, And and again, the American people suffer. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Governor Kate Brown came out and said, oh, outdoor mask mandates, they need to be a thing in Oregon. But now you read the story and it took seven and a half minutes uh, for a shooting in the Pearl District outside of a restaurant before the dispatch answered. So outdoor mask mandates in Portland, sure, let's get those on record. But a shooting, no, we'll we'll just take our time before we get there.
2: The thing that is so incredible about this is that other than it's just stupid on its face, and obviously this sort of thing was going to happen, is that the whole, the basis for this is that the police are racist. They're all a bunch of racist, horrible people, so we needed to fund them and take the money and put it into social programs or whatever, as if there isn't enough money going into social programs to begin with, which is a whole different thing. But the thing that kills me is that it's white, upper-class and middle-class liberals who are voting in these policies that are disproportionately impacting people of color in a negative way. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really easy to live in the upscale part of Portland where there is limited crime and where you live in a nice high rise with a doorman and security and everything else to say, you know, let's defund the police, who cares? But then the people who live in the parts of the city that are that are predisposed to ha- or have more crime in those parts of the city, those people are the ones who are going to face the backlash of this more directly and more immediately. And co- it, they're the victims here. So. On the one hand, they're telling us, well, it's it's because of racism that we want to get rid of these police. But then on the other hand, all of the data that we have shows that the people disproportionately harmed by these policies are people of color. So what the hell is going on with these people? Because it's
1: virtue signaling. Yes. These people only care yeah. about their public opinion. It's virtue signaling. And every single policy the left makes in this country harms the very demographic that they tell you they are so for protecting. They're so for protecting women, unless, unless you actually have to step up to the plate. They're so for protecting children, unless there's a pedophile involved. Then we can't investigate. You know, defund the police, you know, harm the communities that you say. So again, we can do this show for 100 days in a row. Nothing is going to change until the local people in the local community on the ground start holding these people accountable with their vote yeah. with their voice
2: yeah that's that's total that's 100% right and and the other thing the important thing to keep in mind is that they are doing damage this the defund the police uh, movement is doing damage that's going to last much longer than just for the amount of time that they actually take the money away, because it isn't just about the money. It's also about the signal that you send to these police officers. You're saying we don't care about you. We think you're racist and terrible, and you don't deserve to have jobs, and we want to get rid of you. And and so if you're if you're a person, why would you want to become a police officer in one of these cities at all? Such a good point. You know, it, yeah. it's driving them out of these places. So it's not just about the money. It's also about running away from these horrible situation.
1: That's exactly what
0: I was going to say, because there's an entire police force in a small town in Missouri, uh, Kimberling City, Missouri. They had their entire department resign, leaving approximately 2,500 people without any police protection. And because of the reasons that you're saying, of course, it's going to be pay not having the proper tools. But why would you want to go out and risk your life when this is the kind of feedback that you're getting from not only your own community but nationally across the board saying that you are you know racist and and anything that you do is going to be perceived in a negative light
1: jill this is a national fact okay they are lowering police academy standards to get people in so now you're talking not only about you know having a crippled police force now, and they cried police should get more training, but well, let's defund them. That's gonna give them more training. No, they, they're they lowering the standards. I spoke to someone yesterday that trains the cadets and he goes, we can't even train cadets the way I was trained. They're not trained. They're not equipped for the pressure moment. You know, and we're talking about police on the gun and trigger happy and training. Now we gotta lower the standards. Isn't that a playbook from the left? Let's just lower the standard, right? To, to try and recruit people in, right? The collateral damage on this is not just defund the police. It's it's actual American citizens suffering. Like this a whole community without police. What do you think that tells the, you know, the, you know the robber and in you know the burglar in that community? It's game time, baby. <laughs> They're Step just, up. It's free, free for all. T- yep.
0: Time to go get some free stuff down at the Walgreens. That they were, they were doing in San Francisco. At least everybody throwing something in a bag and running off on their bikes because it was San Francisco. We'll go ahead and wrap up the show right after this. Favorite. like all the bikers. Oh, my God. Bill Maher is always on fire, it feels like, every weekend. Let's go ahead and take a listen to what he had to say over the weekend.
4: To me, when people say to me sometimes, like, boy, you know, you go after the left a lot these days. Why? I'm like, because you're embarrassing me. That's why I'm going after the left, in a way you never did before. Because you're inverting things that I, I'm not going to give up on being liberal. This is what these teachers are talking about, that, that you're taking children and making them hyper aware of race in a way they wouldn't otherwise be. I mean, I, I saw last night on the football game, uh, Alicia Keys sang Lift Every Voice and Sing, which now I hear is called the Black National Anthem. Now maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have, many of them have different graduation ceremonies for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean, segregation. You've inverted the idea. We're going back to that under a different name.
0: We're going back in time. That's what it feels like to me.
1: Let's roll back in time real quick and see who were the slave owners. Oh, that's right. The liberals. Oh, almost like it's been the playbook all along. Who the ones who's always who are the ones who brought in Margaret Sanger and said Planned Parenthood. Let's kill what predominantly black babies in the womb. OK, let, this is the playbook. Good on Bill. OK, he's almost feeling like a moderate conservative lately. I want to applaud him for a second. No, he's just using logic. He's not even conservative. He's a liberal. But he's just saying, look, they've swung the pendulum so far. This is a.k.a. South Africa. I come from that country. They did kill the national anthem. They changed our flag. Okay. Him saying we can get rid of our national anthem. No, he had a moment there, a glitch, when he lost his mind again for a second. (laughs) No, we cannot get rid of our national anthem. Okay. Just like we can't say the Constitution is a document that's dangerous, which was said last, you know, week. Now, this is just logic. This is not even... Difficult. Bill is just coming to a place of reason saying we can't invert. You guys are causing racism. That's right. They are causing racism because they want to divide the nation. They want division because when we're distracted fighting with one another, they can rob the roost at the top.
2: Yeah, you know, there's to some extent what's been going on with the left in america over the past several decades is a sort of a frankenstein versus uh, it's it's like a dr frankenstein situation where they have um essentially created a monster that they can't control Mm. and they've done it through the school system they've done it through the through higher education as well and it is uh terrifying what's going on absolutely terrifying
0: it is absolutely terrifying that the left though you know if they they want to take us back in time they tell the conservatives that we're always the one that are stuck in the past they're the ones that are actually trying to pull us back there well hey everybody it's been a, a great monday we've all had a great time we hope you That's did true. as well thanks for hanging with us for the last hour we'll see you again tomorrow